All right. So shall we get going on this one? Yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah. So uh, hello and welcome to another episode of Jimmy Eat Pod. I'm David. And I'm Justin. And today, what Justin, what song are we talking about? We were talking about Reason 346. Because it's episode three. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I totally contradicted myself and pronounced it incorrectly from, oh, what, from how you? I said I, I, I would pronounce it. Yeah. So we reached out on Reddit, or you did, yeah. and asked sort of what, how the UK folks say it, because... <laughs> uh, UK and Australian fans will say Blink-182, they'll say Blink-182. And uh, I think when we finished, when we were talking about this episode at the end of the Closer episode, we were like, oh, I wonder if they say it different in the UK. And you reached out, you got some answers. Yeah, I got I got one right away. <laughs> and, well, yeah, within a few minutes, I think it was. And he said, Minty901 said, three, four, six, what's it supposed it's- to be? And Almost some, exactly what we thought it would yep, get to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I ended up saying, I, I if I talk to people about it, I say three hundred and forty six, <laughs> right? Or reason thirty four six. Gosh, now I can't even think of what I would say. Three hundred and forty six. <laughs> that's way too long. It's got to be three forty six. Yeah, right. I would say three forty six. Yeah, I think I think that's yeah. the most comfortable one for me. Yeah. What? How do you say it? Let us know in the comments below. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the, yeah, and then there's 346, and then other people talking about Blink, I say 182, but I guess yeah. Americans say 182, so Luke or BL, there you go, another uh, yeah. another confirmation of the UK. <laughs> um, so this song, so you had mentioned, you were like, I don't know, I got some stuff to say about this song, this, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I haven't revisited in a while, so I put it on, and I think I had a different reaction than you did. Yeah, uh... I listened to it, and the first thing I noticed was the quality of the recording. Sure. <laughs> was it sounded very cheaply produced. And, you know, this was uh, their this was off of their debut album, the eponymous Jimmy Eat World album. I don't think I've ever said that word out loud. I've always I wanted I always to say it. I always guessed that it was eponymous. But yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been waiting to say that word. <laughs> so this one came out in 94, and I was doing a little bit of reading before this. So this album and Weezer's Blue Album, they both sort of formed as a band Whoa. together. And then they released in the same year. I don't I didn't look at what um what exact month and day Blue was released, but this one was the very beginning of 94. Oh, okay. So January twenty third. Pull up Blue real quick. Yeah, see, uh so January twenty third of ninety four. Uh and then I went down that I, I was looking on the Wikipedia page about it, I think it was on the Weezerpedia. So it was on that yeah. little mini wiki. Uh-huh. Uh, talking about how uh, they had in common. If, well, and we'll talk about this when the song um, Hear You Me comes up. But, yeah. you know, Mike, Michael and Carly Allen, they both were, they, they had both interacted with those two sisters. And when the, you know, the tragedy of, of them getting in that car wreck, they ended up uh, writing uh, Hear You Me about it. Yeah. And so they they also, that was another link between them and Weezer that, sort of made that part of the reason why they're in my top three bands. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Then those were, that was a really good song because it was acoustic. It was well mixed. It was later, right? It was, um, was that uh, one? Hear two? You Me was on Bleed American. Yeah. So 2001, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And that's I, a good one. So, uh, Weezer's blue album was a couple months later in May of 94 that it okay. came out and Rick Ocasek produced it, which is amazing. Yes, he I'm did. I'm sure that's something I rem- I'm sure that's something I knew at some point and forgot, 
but that's pretty amazing. Yeah, so he he didn't come back until a little bit later, and I don't know if he officially produced another album of theirs, but I still remember seeing a Facebook post from, the, it was either Rivers or the Weezer page, and they had a picture of Rick Ocasek sitting in a, in a um, oh. in, on a couch saying, you know, he's back, and so I thought, oh man, they're gonna have that sound again. But I don't. I only think he did a couple of tracks on, on whatever album it was. If it was Maladroit or uh, something a little bit later, maybe Make Believe. But it sure, wasn't. Yeah. It, it was a later record of theirs. Yeah. So at, at ninety four, I hear I heard this song, and I, what I thought about it besides the quality, um, on my first listen through, the very first note I have in here is like the. The tempo seems to be all over the place, right? I'm not well, crazy. I listened for it when I went to listen to it, and I was like, I don't know, I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what, you can. It's it's tough because it's so, it just seems so raw, the recording. That, they probably didn't record to a click. Yeah, yeah. And and the drummer is, it was the bassist that was different, right? That's right, it was Mitch or Mitchell Porter. Yes. Who I, on Discogs, I clicked on his name, it had a link. And it went to just the singles album. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, that's it, right? He only showed that's up. That's it. That. I was like, oh, I wonder if he went on to do anything. Because remember, on wh- what episode was it? We were looking at the comps that Jimmy Eat World was on, and we found uh, Alon Rubin's brother's band was yeah. on the same <laughs> comp as Jimmy Eat World. For, right. It was an opener. It was like that yeah. emo diaries thing. Yes, it was. Yeah, because yeah. we we started going through all the other uh, <laughs> the tracks on on all of the other eleven albums just to see. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I. It caught me off guard. I knew it was their f- off of their first album, so I didn't have the highest expectations. Yeah. Uh, I think the one bit that did seem a lot like Jimmy was toward the end. They have the breakdown at re- like around yes. two and a half minutes. Yes. And, oh, my God. It's so good. Right. So it's just they're just playing a little arpeggio right on the. Uh, no, no. The, the guitar comes later. It's just the bass and the drum, right? Correct. Yeah. And then the acoustic comes in. Yeah, and I it. think I was texting you live while I was listening to it. <laughs> we had just finished recording Closer, and I'm like live texting you my reaction. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Once it gets to that second half, and there's even a comment that I found. I was you know, doing some quick research before just to find some more um, some community involvement in this one. Uh, someone had said, just give reason three... 346 um this this the latter half of it'll listen because that's yeah. when you'll hear oh, that, that sound. yeah that's a great point yeah yeah and and it you know we we talked i think it was the same thing in in um closer where they just have those quiet breaks and then they'll come in and just slam it back in your face yeah, yeah. and that's the, that's the signature jimmy eat world uh sound that i like so yeah it's almost like oh i really like this part let me turn it up cool this is great i'm vibing and then they just punch you in the ear (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly so that was my initial thought was i had some issues with the quality the tempo but then it still sounds like them even though tom tom is singing it and then at the end you can barely tell it's it's james but toward the end yeah there's certain things that jim does with his voice that it's kind of like okay there he is and it was so early i was like i wrote in my notes i was like is it tom is it jim like for sure in the bridge it's jim but i couldn't put my finger quite on it because it wasn't even tom singing like tom in the beginning yeah yeah it didn't yeah it was a very different i think they were definitely finding themselves i i don't know what it's going to sound like listening to the other tracks on that album sure yeah right uh, but um, I know that they're. Uh, I mean, it, it probably just as rough. If I remember correctly, 
there's like straight up no effects sounding songs on there yeah. with like octave harmonies and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, and um, looking at who ended up uh, the record label. So are you familiar with Wooden Blue Records? No, that's funny. I didn't. They didn't come up for me on Discogs, but are they the yeah. record label that put it out? Yeah. So you can see there are. Nine. Oh, now I see it. Wooden there's, Blue Records. Okay, I should have yeah, clicked yeah. there. There's nine. Okay. There's nine um, acts on their roster, and two of them on the Wikipedia page actually have links. One is Jimmy World, and yeah. the other is Christy Front Drive. You heard of them? Oh, so Christy Front Drive, Jim, is it's one of those bands that I only know through Jimmy Eat World. Um, and I feel like Jim's always talking about Christy Front Drive or something. Christy, it's the first time I've ever heard of them. So, yeah, bands like Super Chunk, Jawbox, uh, Drive Like Jehu. Yeah. Okay, all the other ones don't really, I've never, Safe House, kind of like Life House, but maybe it's like 15, 20 years <laughs> Yeah, so they, they're they um, an independent record label uh, in the late 1980s and early 90s, best known for Jimmy Eat World's first LP. So uh, they were the ones that uh, were the label. So they didn't help produce, they just funded it, right? I think, yeah, they either paid for it and or released it. Because I have no I, notes on who produced. So here's here's what I've got. It was recorded at Phoenix Recording Company. But if you go to the Phoenix Recording Company's... Now, this is all on Discogs. So you would expect to see other records recorded at Phoenix Recording Company. Right. It's just this one. Oh, wow. Um, and then it was mastered at Mind's Eye Digital. Now, Mind's Eye Digital is in Glendale, Arizona, and has... Tons and tons of credits here on Discogs in terms of uh, things that it cr- produced. Let's take a look and see if anything stands out to me as bands that I've heard of. There's Misanthropic. I, obviously, Jimmy Eat World several times. Static Prevails was mastered there. Uh, a lot of the singles were mastered there. Um, and then uh, Jimmy Eat World Blueprint Split single. So this is where Jimmy World comes in, and I'm sort of scrubbing. I'm not seeing Eyes Set to Kill was mastered there. Big Shot All-Star. Uh, that's a super 90s name. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, 55 credits. I haven't heard of a single one of these. Probably all <laughs> local because it's right. Glendale, Arizona, which is right. actually where my I have some family out there. Um, uh, probably all local bands. So... Uh, Jimmy didn't, World made it out, man. Yeah, I was going to say, they didn't amount to much. <laughs> um, uh, and another comment in that uh, the Weezerpedia page oh, about yeah, that yeah, yeah. was that even though they released the same year, they formed around the same time, Jimmy World sort of sat on, I mean, just kind of like they're doing now, they're still chugging along with, with good music, but 94 Weezer comes out, partly because Spike Jones did that video, right, which... And, and let's talk about this real quick. So Spike Jones did the uh, Buddy Holly video that yeah. also, and I didn't get this because I, I must have, I had Windows 98. That, uh-huh. that video came packed on one release of Windows. What? Yeah. You know how they had now, I mean, now it's what was the latest one. U2 was in iTunes. You had that album that yeah, everyone yeah. was gifted gifted, but yeah. <laughs> this one was, so that was another huge reason why I think Weezer just shot off right out the gate. Um, sure, but how did they get Rick Ocasek to produce their record? Like, I you know what? Maybe it was one of those where they just met him. I don't know the backstory on that. Yeah, 
Yeah, maybe that's uh, when I have a little bit more time to research, we can talk about that one. But yeah, yeah that was another reason too. That name, Rick Ocasek, man, right? You know, and and that that point, I don't know when the Cars stopped making albums. If that was the late '80s, early '90s, um, I think it might have been the early '90s when they sort of fizzled out with with putting together albums. So it was t- like a time when he should have pivoted anyway into something where he's producing music. Yeah, and so they ended up taking off at '94. And then seven years later, then, you know, that's when it was like late 90s. I think we talked about my 90s, uh, my 90s tape and then having Lucky Denver Mint on there. But it wasn't until 2001 with uh, Bleed American where they where Jimmy World really shot off with, you know, almost national recognition or maybe even world world recognition. I don't know. Well, they went platinum with uh, Bleed American. So, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So that. that was another comment that uh, I came across in in that Weezerpedia was so so anyway Jimmy sat sat and and sort of kept putting out albums but didn't really explode until years sure. later and they were this is way past Wooden Blue Records and uh, My Mind's Eye it was My Mind's yeah. Eye right or what was it called uh uh hold on let's see switching to another file or recording cause recording to stop are you sure you want to continue no <laughs> oops I had the wrong window selected when I was trying to switch uh. <laughs> tabs um i'm sorry your question was something about something um what did i ask oh what was the name of the record label that you did say after um oh mind's eye digital they did the mastering mine's and then okay the producers on this listed are jimmy eat world and steve Naughton. Naughton, huh steve Naughton has all of this one credit on discogs anyway (laughs) so you're saying he's got Naughton else huh yeah, not no. <laughs> How do you even spell that? N a u g. Now you would see you now. Interesting. Maybe this is a typo. It says Nogton. N a u g t o n. But I wonder if Steve Naughton with a g h t o n comes up with anything on Discogs. Let's see. Steve N a u g h t o n. Let's see if he's anybody. Uh, Steve Naughton. All right. This is starting to make a little more sense. He did a face to face record, and that is uh Horace Pinker, Plinko, Jeff Dahl, Jeff Dahl. And these are all in 93, 94, 95. Right. I'll bet it's a typo on the Discogs page and it's okay. this guy that produced uh some face-to-face stuff. Got That's it. the only band I recognize the name of on here. Okay. But yeah. yeah, I'm looking at that that too. There's nothing on this list that looks uh familiar at all. Yeah. Earwax rec- man, these record labels. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Yeah, nothing else. And then I don't know which song it is uh, off the top of my head, but there's Violin by Sarah Pont on this record. And the uh, Sarah Pont also has a song on Static Prevails. So I'll bet if there's a carryover, which uh, let's see what is on Static Prevails that's also on this self-titled. Claire is not on both. Is Sarah Pont the backup vocalist, the female? Um, maybe because I wanted to talk about that. There's a couple uh, songs where I wanted to know, is it the same backup vocalist that comes? Well, she's only on this original record and it says violin, not vocals. Oh, OK, because, um, yeah, it has Jim and Tom as vocals on this record. Now, let me click into Reason 346 and see if it gives me uh, bu- 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 nothing amazing here in terms of information that's yeah. not. Uh, on this front page here. 
So I don't know. Uh, there's no violin on this in, this song in particular. Right, right. And I'm not. I'm very quickly going between the two, but I don't see digits. No, Crooked Caveman World of Static. Crooked is on both records, so it's possible. Oh wait, no, it's not. I'm trying to read both things at the same time. <laughs> I don't see the same song on either of these records. So I was thinking maybe she came back and redid the song for Static Prevails, uh-huh. but I, I don't see it. And let's see if on the bottom of here in the credits for Static Prevails, which I don't see if they said what song she did. Anyway, that's what I see for violin on the record anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then in uh, the person that mastered it over at Mind's Eye Digital is this guy, Larry Elia or Elia. Is that uh, on Discord? Yeah. Yeah. Not Elia. Elia. Uh, this is uh, this is on Discogs. This is all on Discogs, yeah. Um, and again, the biggest name I see that he worked on of 65 titles is Jimmy Eat World. But he's got three pages of stuff here. What's his name? Uh, Larry Elia. E-L-Y-E-A. <laughs> That's a new last name for me. There we go. Yeah, I haven't Mine's seen that digital. one. But Hey, he's got yeah. a, if, if he's still doing work, he's got that nice little, uh, what's that, what's that uh, go, the long strip goatee? Oh yeah, I don't know what. The, uh, it's like a soul patch. Is that that's a soul patch, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh man, he's probably really into Sugar Ray. Although I don't uh, see that he worked on any Sugar Ray <laughs> content. And no Mark McGrath, uh, you know, uh, branch off. Uh, well, I'm not familiar personally with Mark McGrath's solo work. Yeah. Um, or side project work. So it's not to say that Mark McGrath was not in Eyes Set to Kill or The Irish Front, which uh, Larry Elia worked on in 2008. But uh, <laughs> oh wow, you're on page three. Yeah, dude, come on, I gotta give this guy his due. He's working. Ah, the mighty sphincter. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's so his latest working, work. Yeah, his latest work. So yeah, right after Irish Front. <laughs> okay, so we went down that one. So, so yeah. the production it was recorded at Phoenix Recording Studio. We got the the, the production notes on that one. Yeah, uh, this was written by the, the the. I imagine it would be the four guys, but um, who was the the Mitchell bassist? Porter, Mitchell the other bass player? Porter. Yeah. And it's funny because I remember reading again. One of these days, I'm going to find my untitled CD, or I'll just go buy it again. Uh um, or not untitled, but the singles CD. Um, mm-hmm. because I remember all these great liner notes, and one of them was Rick writing about some of the songs being like i don't know i I was the new guy and i guess i'll always be seen as the new guy um uh and i remember thinking like who the hell was it before rick um and it was this guy mitchell porter mitchell porter so, classic mitchell porter who went on to not do much according to discogs we'll have right. to get him on the pod for sure yeah <laughs> he, what happened chomping at the bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah what happened that'd be real nice is he still in phoenix who knows so as far um, as um the the lyrics and the analysis i went over to song meanings right uh-huh and they couldn't have been any less helpful <laughs> did you take a look at it uh song meanings i see six yeah, comments six comments and the first one that has one i let's call it an upvote it's got a plus yeah. one was from bravo dude <laughs> and it said i love this song it has so much meaning to it i love the acoustics with the electrics one of my all-time faves right it yeah. has so much meaning. It has so much. But you have to figure that out for yourself. Yeah, man. What are you, fake fan? <laughs> and then it's just a couple of people uh, kind of yelling back and forth at each other. Jarboff makes a comment. It could be the crappiest song ever. I don't know. That's a pretty broad stroke, buddy. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, the no one else is, is helping. And I think down here, true meaning actually meant this in a tongue in cheek way, but he, um, ah, uh, eh, hmm. Well, the words hold meaning. Not sure if they're true though. Yeah. Uh, again, it just doesn't really, really help. I mean, there's a Circle K reference. Yes, that's the, that's the only part to me that felt. Yeah, I don't know, kind of I mean, like teenagery. So here's what, yeah, here's what was interesting. So growing up, what does Circle K make you think of? Uh, okay, so I went to I went on the east. Now the west end of of um, of our town has a Circle K. So it was right oh. right outside of the high school. Oh, so when you were in high school, you had a Circle K local. Yeah, team. we did. I don't so even know if they're still around. Well, that's what's interesting is I think Circle K is like teamed up with 76 and some 76 gas stations, their uh, little store is now Circle K. But growing up, I only knew of Circle K in like Phoenix, Arizona, which is obviously makes sense for this song and this band. But uh, I first heard about Circle K, I'm assuming, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which we call it at the end of every episode. Yes. Um, and what do they say? Something because, is amiss at uh, the... There, it, I, I something I is a foot chronic, at the circle K. Yeah, I am a chronic uh, <laughs> uh, quote screwer upper, right? So yeah, you got it. You 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 know what I was saying though. I can. There I can are royally... things going down at this Seven Eleven. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know it was a it was a, a Phoenix thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't. A ton of them well, out there. there's yeah. Circle K is prevalent um, in uh, Phoenix, um, and not so much here. Um, so I thought it was so weird that in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they live in San Dimas, which is only 30 minutes outside of L.A. And I was like, hey, that can't be that far. How is there? Is there Circle K really in uh, uh, San Dimas? And then guess where they filmed most of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess. Was it San? Wait, you said San Dimas? San Dimas is where it takes place. So they they probably recorded, I'm guessing, in uh, Arizona. Yep. Yeah. In Phoenix, uh, in Arizona. Phoenix, particularly, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. That, there you go. So, so they, but yeah. that, that, then that makes it sort of strange that we had the Circle K in, in, uh, in scene. Yeah. You, well, yeah. I expected you to say you only had ever heard of it in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and never seen one, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. I mean, Seamy's kind of out there, but yeah. They just couldn't crack in LA. I do think there's one near my house now, like on Riverside and Coldwater, if you want to come visit. But, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I looked at the, aside from the Circle K, what did you gather from the song? I don't know, I didn't. I, 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 I'm, like, not a huge lyrics guy, and this was, like, more of a vibe to me. So, like, especially yeah. when, like, those little, like, clean, like, arpeggiated guitars come in underneath the acoustic guitar, I'm just, like, swaying. I'm not, I didn't even know you sang Circle K till I opened this up. <laughs> right, yeah, and then you can hear it. Once you actually see the lyrics, yeah. you can go, okay, that's what it's clearly saying. Okay. my vowels are okay. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't get anything from these lyrics either. Yeah, I don't know. Let's Though, see. Even the most obscure one was hair in her eyes and it didn't cost a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like you hair know? in her eyes. Like, oh, cool. I like that. I like like I remember like thinking it was cool to see a chick with her hair in her eyes in high school and you'd move her move oh, the yeah. hair out of her eyes. But right. then what that doesn't cost a thing. What does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that that was the, the one part that uh, really threw me off in this. Yeah, interesting. And the worst comes the worst of it. I, I can't even follow these. These aren't even real sentences. Yeah. Maybe this was just something that they found that they had written down in high school. And well, it sounds very high school-y. Yeah. They, they're disregarding us, telling me I'm blind, trying to rid my mind. Right. And if the worst comes to worst. Now, here's here's the interesting thing about worst comes to worst. I believe worst comes to worst is actually an incorrect 
phrasing of that idiom? That is correct. It's worse comes to worse, right? Um, or yes. worst comes to worse. Well, but worst comes to worst can't this, come when to I read worse. This, when I read this, it seemed off. Worst doesn't come to worst. It can't yeah. be the worst and then come to worst. Yeah. I think at best it could be worst goes to worse because the whole point is that it's not – when you think it couldn't get bad, worse, it gets worse. You don't say if it's going to get worse, it's going to get worse. Then it never gets or, more right. worse Or than you're that. saying that worse, worse comes to worst. Uh, then it becomes you say okay, that's the it, fin- it that's as, the as bottom as, that's rock bottom right right that's it yeah. it got as bad as it could be there's no but yeah. worse comes to work worse and this must be I'm sure it's a typo on song meanings or well, look at it. I they mean, you were look at young the, look at down at the bottom above my circle case and there's it's right when Jim comes in now round this oh yeah Charles <laughs> found an <in> ink <laughs> I mean at least at least they put question marks in there to to lead us I don't know man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, oh, that's I don't even funny. know. Chose and Ink aren't even relevant in that context. But I know. Then oh, again, weird. he's um, he's screaming at the microphone, and you can barely understand what he's saying anyway. That's sick, right? Yeah. If you know what those lyrics are, let us know in the comments below. Yeah. Do they, <laughs> I, I don't know if that album even had liner notes or anything like that. Well, there the was there's somebody credited to the layout, um, and the person credited with the layout on this record is Schroeder. Um, and when I click on his name, it goes to somebody named Jim Schroeder. But again, this is his only credit. But there is layout to this record. So unfortunately, it's also highly sought after on Discogs. And I don't know if we're going to get our hands on it. I mean, it's his lowest price, 32 bucks. I dropped 32 bucks. If yeah. we end up starting a Patreon. There our, we go. That'll be the first. That'll be the first purchase. That, well, these will be the types of things we purchase. So we can open up the liner notes and take a look. Because yeah. I think 90s was like the heyday of liner notes. It was such a fun, like. Everybody could do a CD or a tape, and everybody grew up loving reading lyrics in liner notes. So, yep, I opened up. I would listen. I would put the disc on, and then just thumb through the yep. the liner notes and see what they put yep. in there. Sometimes it was way more artistic than I was anticipating. Other times it was just you know just the lyrics. Well, here's here's a good thing. This is actually a good Discogs entry. I'm looking at the more images. So there's the front of the CD, which is the artwork of the kid getting the noogie. I don't know who these people are. I know that the person that took the photo. Oh, but it says photography they're, they're band Tom. photo is Craig Robeson. They're Tom's so, younger brothers. They are. You know yes, this. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then on the back of the CD, it has the track names with the run times. Okay. Um, and uh, then there's a picture of the actual artwork on the CD, which is actually pretty cool. It's a black CD with stars, uh, maybe 30 stars in total. And then a poorly drawn planet with a ring around it, a la Saturn, and then a rocket taking off from it at the top. Um, I think it's pretty cool, like, artwork. And then uh, on the... uh, This is either an alternate back of the CD or something, or maybe the thing I thought was the back of the CD was the inside of the booklet uh, or the backside of the photograph of the noogie. But on the back, it is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven kids with 3D glasses looking at three, some sort of comic book. It says uh, three something something comics. Where are you seeing these other images? Uh, if on Discogs, if you go to Jimmy oh, Eat World, okay. Jimmy Eat World, I got to start going more there images. Wikipedia first. Yeah. yeah, so it does, just to corroborate my comment there, it says uh, the album covers an old picture of Linton's younger brothers, Jim and Ed, 
from whom the band's oh. name originated. Very cool. And I think what I remember was, yeah, that must be what it is. So I, I remember this, a story, and, and maybe you've heard this one too, of it must have been the younger brother Jim drawing a picture of himself Correct. eating the earth, right? Yes. I always thought it was um, the younger brother drew a picture of James doing it, but this would make more sense. Like, hey, here's I a picture see. of yeah, me no. eating so, Somehow, the I think it was pretty early on, and again, this could be in the singles liner notes. Uh, apparently, it's unknowable, and we'll never know this. Right. <laughs> um, but I believe they mentioned that Tom's brother's also named Jim, and yeah. I thought that Ed had drawn a picture of Jim, Maybe the brother Jim. Maybe it was Ed who drew Eating it. the world, and then wrote Jimmy Eat World, or... Somebody wrote Jimmy Eat World on the on picture. On the paper, yeah. Yeah. Do we know and what that picture exists anywhere? You know what? I, I don't know. I haven't even looked for it. We'll get there. We have tons yeah, of episodes. We do. But plenty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the lyrics, nothing special there. Nothing uh, to write home about. Um, no. Do you feel like it sounds anything like this track sounds like Blink at all? Um, There's some Blink-type things in it, but I... I don't really think any bands really sound like Blink. So, do you think if um, if Mark sang on this, it it could fall? Like you wouldn't think twice about it being uh like an early B side, an early Blink song? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. um, there's a lot of heavy octave use in this, yeah. and that's a big Blink thing for sure. Um, but that the whole shoegazy part at the end is like super Jimmy Eat World. Like the yeah. whole the bridge on to the end is like pure Jimmy Eat World. That could be on. Uh, uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not anything newer than Clarity, but it could have made it to Clarity, <laughs> right? Right. Did um and did you look at the article uh by AV Club? I did. I glanced over it because it was right before Damage had come out, right? Yeah. And they were basically writing about uh how Jimmy Eat World wants to pretend this out uh, this this yeah. self titled debut didn't exist which i, I guess is true that... it's not listed on their website right yeah they don't have it and i even tried to look for that they had it uh they, they said they don't even acknowledge it on their discography which uh, is a dead link but... yeah yeah and i even <laughs> tried to look for the uh the the archived page and i couldn't find it there but whatever oh, let's just say call. let's say that's true um it's not terrible but doesn't represent what the band would become i don't know about that this song totally and maybe the other tracks on there well, yeah, they call out this song in particular, which is right. probably how it came up, is that this one in particular sort of stands out a little bit as yeah. as being something you could see static prevails on the horizon, which then he goes on to say, I mean, this guy kind of like hates on Jimmy Eat World this whole article. He's like, damage comes out. It's OK. And it sounds like he had to take a stance on it. And he, and he probably listened to that album and said, man, this is crap. It just wasn't what he, you know, the newest, the latest album, Damage at the time, sounded like. Right. But yeah. he was he, he was not even saying the Damage was good. Like, he links to his review of Damage where he says, it's so-so. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, Damage is pretty good. Yeah. And it's the same guy that wrote both articles. It's his him writing his own review here. He just says it's not memorable. Well, he's wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, so he's and he even goes on to say, so Reason uh, 346 hinted at the future, while most of Jimmy World is forgettable pop punk, although he still loves the opener Chachi, uh, Reason 346 found the band stretching out. And he and he even comments about the the mark at two two minutes and thirty seconds and then three yeah. thirty when they, they you know, he says everything kicks in for a cathartic instrumental coda. 
that's some nice uh, word. That's a um, sick musical yeah, term. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so he does. He agrees that that song, that one is the anomaly on the record. Yeah. But his overall uh, point is that they don't even want to acknowledge it. But I don't know. There's look at all the stuff that Rivers has done. I know they're two completely different bands, but Rivers yeah. has completely come around and embraced his all of those. What started as B-sides and now they're coming out as uh, when he released Rivers Alone and Alone 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, that. Which yeah, which was, I mean, when I heard them as B-sides, I thought, oh, these are some deep tracks. You know, maybe he recorded these on a four track or something. Uh-huh. Um, but then, it, it, you know, he's, it, you can't be embarrassed by it. It's what formed him. Yeah. And they're not going on the record to say, we, we, we want to write this off. We want to act like it never happened. They're just sort of, you know, choosing not to acknowledge it. Yeah. But, so yeah, this dude's like lukewarm on, uh, yeah, <laughs> on Jimmy World. It's yeah, maybe he's like he came down. He got into work that day, and Jimmy World was on his list. He's like, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's see what else do we have. So it's interesting. Yeah, it says band photo photography. Craig Robeson. Yet there's not really a band photo on any of these images that are here on Discogs. So, so then that must be the liner notes, then, right? There must be something inside the booklet worth looking at. Um. And therein probably lies the oh, last sold. I'm still looking at when when it was sold. Somebody bought it in April of this year. Um, so it is being sold on Discogs. I'd get it. Even if it doesn't play, I just want to see the liner notes. Um, and then uh, let's see. Jimmy, Jimmy Egg Rolls, which is the <laughs> copyright that they... I mean, they were such a small band. They probably didn't even need... They probably didn't even have like a business category. Like... Uh, <laughs> started behind it <laughs> jimmy egg roll yeah i think that's just probably them saying oh jimmy world sounds like jimmy egg roll <laughs> which is funny i've never once thought that in my life but <laughs> well maybe they like japanese food they uh, uh, that, they have a picture of them on that weezerpedia page uh jimmy at world and weezer in japan uh oh, hanging out together yeah that's pretty eating, cool uh, yeah and at the in the very front of the picture there's were Jim. they playing a festival or were they um, playing touring 2009 together? uh i don't know huh yeah i don't know it doesn't really say it just has so carl um the uh the guy that runs the fan club for weezer he he's credited in taking the picture and this is when scott schreiner was in weezer He's just started. You can see him. He's got some huge mutton chops in this photo. <laughs> but in the very front of the photo is um, you can see Zach in the back. Uh, I don't know who he's talking to, if that's Tom. He's got short hair. But there's Jim in the front with his chopsticks. So, and a nice, uh, some kind of light uh, Japanese beer. So good good on him. Nice. Got to yeah. watch those carbs. Right. <laughs> so Jimmy Agrol, maybe they're into Japanese food. I don't know. Maybe. But so I, I always was... think of Chinese food when I think of egg rolls. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Japanese food would be more sushi. I I'm so so bad with that. Probably being a gyoza, like Jimmy yeah. gyoza. There you go. You're right. You're right. It is definitely Chinese food. So I was digging deep for stuff, trying to find a cover, and this. Are you familiar with this book? Did you see the book? It's called New Wave of American Heavy Metal. No. No. So it, they came up in this book, and let me go back to this listing here. I just had it up. So it looks just like a, I didn't look at the front page, but this is on page 182. Sick. Uh, <laughs> right? It all comes back full circle, man. <laughs> and this is, this is the page where Jimmy Eat World's listed. And it looks almost like, uh, like a glossary of, of bands. So the band before them is Genoa. 
Uh-huh. And you go back and Invocation of Nihek. But these look like all... So Jimmy Eat World's listed among a bunch yes. of metal bands? So yeah, this and this book has three and a half out of five stars. It's by Gary Sharp Young. But they show up and, it, and he gives the lineup. So it, it has the, the Jimmy Eat World, where they're from, Mesa, Arizona, USA. Um, and then it has the lineup, which includes Tom... Uh, yeah, the, all four guys. Uh, and then it goes emo edge Mitchell D-I- or no, no, no Mitchell. Yeah, it has okay. it has Tom and Rick, there. and it, yes, I'm sorry, Rick. Yeah, so it goes on to say Mesa, Arizona's emo edge DIY rockers, Jimmy Eat World, found themselves with the self financed debut album under their belts and subsequently signed to major record label uh, Capitol Records while still in their teens. And then they go on to mention a few other bands like Metallica. Um, so look at this. They first delved into music whilst operating a Metallica covers band in seventh grade in Mountain View High School. Whoa. Yes, this is all new. I didn't even read this part of it. The title huh. was taken from a cartoon drawing of Linton's younger brother, Jimmy, eating the world. This is yeah. way more interesting than than where I was with Reason 346, which is a couple <laughs> paragraphs later. Wow. So they go on to mention Wooden Blue Records, and they, these would include Split EP shared with Blueprint, Emery, and Christy Front Drive. There we nice. go. So uh, signing into Capital, and then but they go on a couple of paragraphs later. They talk about that first. So dis, despite the success of the third album, so they're talking about. Um, well, it cl- depends uh, on what they're counting as their first album. Well, so they're, they're, they're talking they're about clarity, clarity or Bleed yeah. America. Okay, so they're talking about clarity, uh, and they mentioned Mark Trombino and the fact that it was in Never Been Kissed. Oh, and there you go. Look at this. Lucky Denver Mint was put into heavy rotation by L.A. radio station K Rock. Yeah. And to where Justin listened to it and put it on a 90s tape, of which I still have in my possession. Wow. But then they go on to talk about Reason 346. Three extra tracks, Sweetness, Better Than O, and Reason 346. Interesting. So, so he's Reason 346 about, was on some other comp? He's talking I did about the Japan. Yes. So if you go back to the singles Wikipedia and you go to the uh-huh. Japanese edition. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Right. So that one opens with the Sweetness demo, which... Uh, I don't know if I've heard the demo. Um, I don't know if I've heard the demo. But so track seven on the Japanese edition is reason 346. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that that came up. And that was actually a pretty interesting read, even though I didn't read it in its entirety. I'm glad I did now. Yeah. Yeah. So then they go on and he's mentioning, look at these dropping good Charlotte, Alien Ant Farm, Pennywise and Newfound Glory. Sick. And so this is by this. By this, and this is a really good. I can see why this book is uh, has you know three and a half out of five stars. It, it's fairly informative. That's pretty cool. And they even mention the tour in alliance with Weezer and Tenacious D. Whoa! Yes, the D. Yeah. So then they're coming back out too. So it's Tenacious D and the Foo Fighters. I think are doing a tour. That next, makes sense, right? Next year, because they played together. I saw them all together, and it must have been when I um, when I saw Jimmy. Uh, the very first time I saw them live was at, I think this was at the Great Western, it was still when it was the Great Western Forum. Yeah. And I can't remember the the headliners. I think Hot Hot Heat was there. Oh, I was at that show. That was on my birthday. Wait, what? did Jimmy World play that show? So With they Foo Fighters and Weezer? I, I think so. Maybe I'm thinking, maybe I'm getting the shows mixed up, but I remember walking into the venue and he wasn't big on opening acts. And I always was, I, I wanted to get in there for the, the whole show. And yeah. I could hear them starting off with, um, oh man, I, salt sweat. I can't think of it. Oh, uh, bleed American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, so yeah. it was. It must have been right when that album came out. Must maybe October. Are you sure you didn't go to Pop Disaster Tour? Yeah, I'm positive. 
Wow, because they yeah. played Pop Disaster Tour with Blink and Green Day, and for sure that was right after Bleed American came out, so they played a lot of Bleed American at that show. Okay, and they open. I remember them opening with it. Yes. I, I peeked my head inside the uh, in the velvet. You know, you can kind of see down into the, the yeah, arena. Yeah. But I remember peeking in, and we were going to go check out some merch or something. Uh, yeah. But if it was if it was him and I there, it was definitely for Weezer. So I know Weezer was there. They were probably opening for Weezer later. But uh, but cool. anyway, that was the very I, first I for time. sure was at that hot hot heat Jimmy World Foo Fighters show. Okay, then that must have been a completely different one because I can't imagine Maybe, yeah. I can't imagine all three of those guys playing together. Let's see, Jimmy World and Weezer. I'm just gonna look it up while you talk. Yeah, sure, no problem. So anyway, this I don't think there was any anything else that this guy talks about. Oh, he goes. Uh, he talks about uh, he, he brings up the discography Salt Sweat Sugar, uh, which has Splash Turn Twist on. That's a good song. Yeah. Uh, the demo version of Your House, which you remember that it's the acoustic one. Yes. That one has such sweet harmony. I'm looking forward to when we we uh, yeah. jam on that one. And then they they he goes as far as future. So this this book I can't see the published date, but if they're if they're calling in future, so this was 2004. That he yeah. listed that. So it had to be this book was in, in the mid 2000s, but very interesting. Uh, and then they go on to Jones's Lounge. So they had a they had a good full page and a half of mention in this yeah, that's new pretty cool. wave of American heavy metal. So there you go from emo to heavy metal. So they did tour with Weezer on the 2001 extended midget tour, which maybe you went to and I did not. Let's see what those tour dates were. Yeah. They played at. Uh, I don't see them playing in L.A. Yeah, I don't see anything. It, they it, played they do, and it doesn't Long have... Beach in San Diego, but it, that for sure was Weezer and Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, I don't see anything. I was hoping that something would have come up quick if I put in Extended Midget Tour, Great Western Forum, but nothing comes up. It just, it just brings up the forum yeah. and the fabulous forum. But nothing about that, that specific show. Now? Yeah, but I swear, it's, I, I think that was the very first. That was the very first show that I actually went, like a, a legitimate live show. Yeah, was, for uh, sure. Yeah, Tim took me. So, yeah, and he was the one that introduced me into Weezer. Yeah. But yeah, he had no, he had no um, desire to see Jimmy World. Um, I, I didn't know who they were at the time. I had just heard their songs on K Rock, right? Sure. Yeah. But I didn't want to push it. I'm going to keep searching Jimmy. I'm going to see every show they ever played at the forum and see what comes up. Okay. But it's hard to search setlist.fm. I don't know how to search it. Well, <laughs> so in my exhaustive search, I, I started thinking, well, okay, this is another thing. Did, did the, the guy with the Twitter handle reason 346 get back to he you? He didn't get back to me. So this is funny. So after we finished up closer, I was like, let me listen to 346 right now while I'm working and I'll fit and I'll, and I'll, give some initial thoughts down on paper. So I search, and when you search on Apple Music, you can either search your library or Apple Music. And sometimes, just for fun, I'll be like, oh, let me search Apple Music and see if they have a different version than I have. Right. Well, that song 100% is not on Apple Music <laughs> at all. However, they um, do... Wow, man, I'm looking at these shows that Jimmy World played in 2000. They played the Troubadour, the Glass House, which I have seen him at the Glass House, and the El Rey. How wow, sick would that have been to see small venues, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so uh, so I listened to Reason... Oh, so I searched for Reason 346 on Apple Music, came up with no music, but there was a user named Reason 346, and I was like, this is way too coincidental. Like, he he didn't accidentally call this Reason 346. Like, he's a Jimmy World fan. So right. I requested him, and he has not accepted me on Apple Music, but 
Then I go to search Twitter for Reason 346, and I find the same guy's name, which is not in front of me at the moment. <laughs> Hold on. Reason 346. <laughs> I'm going to search Apple Music. No problem. So continue your search, because I I went, I went ended up finding that individual on SoundCloud. Who oh, has, you did? Yeah, but he's oh, that's from right, the UK. That's right. From the UK. So but, this guy's name is Andrew Bradford, the guy that I found. Okay. And it doesn't say if he's in the UK or not, but he's also on Twitter. I'll see if he's on, uh, I'll see if his Twitter is in the UK. But yeah. go ahead. So this guy's got uh, an icon of a stormtrooper, like a, a caricature yes. of a stormtrooper. And I I, I had uh, reached out and tried to message him asking, hey man, are you, I, I assume you're into Jimmy World. Can you get back to me? But I didn't get a message back from yeah. him. So between the Twitter handle, what you found on iTunes and this person i didn't find any users on reddit with reason 346 although i'm sure i could try and find it fairly easily. i searched right? reddit for three reason 346 in and outside of the uh the subreddit yeah for jimmy world and i did not find anything interesting yeah so there's no user three uh reason 346 but what? i did find something good that i did want to talk about for a sec is it uh yeah. is it the actual number 346 it's just the reason 346 pregnancy <laughs> is stupid. Yeah. So I was trying to think, you know, and I put that in quotes because I wanted to find out okay, yeah. exactly reason 346. Uh, there was another, if you, if you scroll down, there's, I'm not going to read the title because it's fairly, it's pretty sad, but down there, the comment was reason number 346 to hate France. And it's, it's a sad, <laughs> it's a sad, I mean, it's, it has to do with a, a squirrel at the Grand Canyon, but it's, um, I don't know what that, I didn't look at the context of why they mentioned hating France, which is, but that was the sure. only other Reddit con- content besides the question we had asked and that reason 346, that pregnancy is stupid. Uh, <laughs> and just for, you know, for, uh, um, just to, so we have the uh, context, I guess, for posterity, I guess, right? So for posterity, the reason 346 pregnancy is stupid is because... Hormonal stew says she giggles when she's in physical pain. So, and it's sort of one of those recursive things where she giggles, which sets off a contraction, which causes her to giggle. I more. see. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh-huh. I, I came across both of those. That that was the only other mention of three forty six that I saw. And then the only other thing I see is I found this guy Robert Brown, who I requested, and he has not tweeted, and he is following eleven people. He has one follower, who's which is us. And then he's following 11 people, one of which is Jimmy Eat World. So he's got Robert Brown, who has the handle Reason346 on Twitter, is a Jimmy Eat World fan and also a Daniel Tosh fan, a Kansas City Chiefs fan, <laughs> a Shaq fan. He likes Star Wars. He's following Darth Vader. He likes Stephen Colbert, Michael Ian Black. Um, so, I mean, he's got a, we, we have a lot of stuff in common. Hopefully he finds the pod and we can have him on one time. Right. Um, but Robert Brown also likes Reason 346. Okay, yeah, and and going from, I, we, since I couldn't find anything with Reason 346. By the way, did you find out what you needed to on iTunes? Uh, uh Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, I found his name, which was okay. uh, w- whatever it was, and I forgot. Andrew Bradford. Okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, since there was, it was sort of a, a dead end with finding Reason 346, I ended up just looking up, well, what's the significance of 346, right? The oh, there you go, numerology. Right. So I came up with 
And and I did not have a chance to uh, sort of vet this site, but it's angelnumber.org. <laughs> and I don't know if they have specific, because they said this is an angel number, but you look on, you know, on the sidebar and there's like, there's several angel numbers. I was going to say the website is angel number. Right. So, so is every number, every number that they have. So I think they don't have every single number. Again, I didn't have a chance to, I just went down really quickly to the secret meat, the secret meaning and symbolism. That's, this is the section, which is if you're on the page about 346 angel number, meaning and symbolism, it's halfway down the page. So and it, what's kind of fishy is they don't explicitly mention anything that's unique to 346. It looks like they just regurgitate the number and <laughs> or they pick the number and then regurgitate the text around it. So, oh, this, weird. you know, they almost it's almost like they never they're, they're like edging. Right. So it's this time we see we speak about angel numbers guiding messages we get from our guardians in heavens. Uh, it almost looks like this is basically fortune cookie stuff written down. Okay. But when you finally get down to the middle section where it says secret meaning, this is where it seems like, okay, maybe they did write something specific. And they write, number 346 resonates with a lot of positive energy, but it also reflects a kind of complicated personality. It is made of numbers 3, 4, and 6, which each have their own specific vibrations. But what really sort of stuck with me was four lines down. It says number 346 is a mixture of youthful enthusiasm, childish innocence, a need for freedom, sense of organization, need for keeping up with tradition, great creativity, integrity, guardianship, and curiosity. So with the first few lines in there made me think, I don't know why they picked 346. Did they pull it out of thin air? Um, Did they read it in a book? But that was the one link for me was youthful enthusiasm. That's what I think of when I hear this song is... Teens, huh. teens getting together, jamming like, hey, man, I found this, uh, you know, this wide rule notebook paper with <laughs> with these lyrics <laughs> in there that have uh, my circle K. At the, let's name it yeah. Reason 346. So I, there was no other link to 346 that I could find. Yeah, it's just really Bummer. generic. There's nothing. So <laughs> it's going to be one of those things where maybe we can ask them and they're just going to say, you know what? I don't even remember what we were thinking at the time. Yeah. I mean, if you search for it on Twitter, like a bunch of people is like reason 346. I hate this thing. Like you said, like the France thing. It's just like it seems like it's like that random number that maybe rolls off of people's tongues quickly and uh, easily as like maybe it's one of those random numbers that's not so random that people. Right. <laughs> say right. All the time. Well, yeah. Isn't it isn't aren't the common numbers three, seven, 13 and some odd um Prime numbers that you just, they're unique, like 19. You can't divide it by anything, so people pick that one. But oh. I know that when I do, there's a lot of science around 3, 7. Interesting. Um, yeah, but I don't know what 346. You know, you look it up, history of the number 346, there's other pages that say it's an angel number. So maybe there's something around this maybe. angel number. You know, I have an idea. Let's look and see what happened in 346 A.D. and B.C. There we go. <laughs> Let's see what what special things happened. So 346 was a common year starting on a Wednesday of the Julian calendar. At the time, it was known as the year of the consulship of Constantius and Claudius, or less frequently, year 1099. The, denom- the denomination 346 for this year has been used since the early medieval period when the AD calendar became prevalent in the in Europe. Uh-huh. Uh, did anything happen? In Korea, the Bueyo kingdom is absorbed by the Gogreo, <laughs> and the Gunchogo becomes king of the Korean kingdom of Baekji. Baekji. Uh, B-A-E-K-J-E. 
and then Emperor uh, in religion, Emperor Constans the first uses his influence to secure the return of. Oh man, these words just make me so uninterested. Just nothing really that interesting <laughs> yeah, happened. Yeah, and like, yeah, I um, bet you again they'll they'll just say yeah, we picked a number out of the sky. Yeah, and it happened to be three forty six that day. Did anything happen BC? <laughs> but there is there is nothing. So that's what I ended up looking up. So it, it goes on to say the same thing. The only thing the events is by place. There's two noted. There's two uh, noted uh, locations: Greece and Sicily. So the first one is the Peace of Philocrates, or is it Philocrates? I can't, I don't know. Uh-huh. Hey, Philocrates, <laughs> right? Is <laughs> signed between Macedonia and the Athens. And then in Sicily, uh, Dionysus II, or is it Dionysus II, is restored to power in Syracuse. So nothing special there. You know, they're not into Greek mythology. <laughs> uh, well, I was I know thinking maybe least, with so. the Bill and Ted connection. <laughs> maybe they maybe they travel back in time for a history report and they uh uh yeah oh i did lie though by the way i did find something else on reddit for reason 346 uh the emo subreddit somebody randomly just posted with no context jimmy eat world reason 346 and it's just a youtube version of the song and there's one comment from the dude abides 152 or 152 depending on where you live says hell yeah their early stuff is greatness. <laughs> that was on the YouTube page? That Well, that's on, the, on the Reddit the... comment to the YouTube video, but then it made me think, oh, are there any good comments on the YouTube video itself? Uh, just one comment from Jimmy Ate My Freaking World eight years ago. <laughs> this is capital A-W-E, awesome summer music. And then they asked the poster, why'd you put an extra minute of silence in the video? And sure enough, there's like 48 seconds of silence at the end of the song. <laughs> that is strange. Yeah. Cause it says, uh, five right? Yeah. Oh, and wonder- my assumption is like, sometimes it, like, let's say they captured it from tape. Right. And then they're when they went to bounce the track out of their digital audio workstation, the track was set up to be longer than the recorded time that they recorded itself. And then when they bounced the track, they didn't set the out point. But this is a lot of speculation. I don't know. <laughs> right. No, you made a good comment there. I forgot about that on B on the B side of tapes. You know, they couldn't find an exact mix. Yeah. Right. So you would just have silence. So maybe that's what it was. Interesting. I wonder. If the, so this uh, maybe not the B side. Maybe the maybe there was not enough. To, there there's a hundred percent not enough time. So maybe this is the end of the A side because this is track what on the record. Uh, let's see. This well, we know is, we know where it lands. It's so track it? nine of eleven, so it would be right in the middle of the back. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, maybe that it is had strange. a maybe it was an AB, maybe it was a double cassette album. <laughs> <laughs> they just had a couple of tracks on on the second uh, cassette. This is the C side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this guy uh, that uploaded U two Rock fifty five, they just have some random videos they uploaded smashing pumpkins which looks like it was recorded on some kind of crappy vhs <laughs> camcorder but yeah they have they have the entire uh clarity demo so interesting that they would upload yeah these i'm songs. sure we'll come back to youtube rock 55 he's got yeah. thirteen thousand subscribers he's doing pretty well for himself oh wow, i didn't even notice that hey there you go yeah how many videos does he have for thirteen thousand subscribers it doesn't tell me but it, it looks doesn't like he hasn't right. uploaded anything for eight years so right 
Yeah, maybe he's U2 Rock 56 now, and he's making more. Oh, good point. More income on that. I don't know. We'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> so I also have in here that uh, we did want to conduct some housekeeping. We, we did not mention that um, in our last episode that Closer won the EP bracket, right? For Oh, yeah, on the Reddit. Yeah, yeah. So that was um, uh, Pebble Swift, right? Uh, I don't have it up, but that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, he does all of those. And the to be honest, I think I they're running he'll... a bracket right now that I'm just yeah. not in right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a it's lot. It's too it's confusing. I remember when people started running those brackets, I was like, this is so fun. And then it became like a chore to like go in every day. Yeah. And right. Uh, it's a whole thing. But I do like to see the results. So, yeah, uh, Closer, uh, our previous episode, won the Reddit EP bracket for Jimmy World, which it's a it's a banger. So yeah. <laughs> um, it did not win the best of the best, though. No. Uh, I no, think 23 won Best of the Best, maybe? Yes, it did. That was yeah. the top track. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wonder what episode that song will be. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> hey, it's coming up, right? It's closer than it is far. Uh, yes, 100% closer yeah. than it is far. So there's absolutely no record of Jimmy at World playing Reason 346 live. Oh, that's a good point. I should have been right? looking for that instead of when so, they first played the forum. I, I Someone <laughs> had posted in in the subreddit, uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, and it was a comment like, uh, what was it? Oh, take it everyone has seen this gem. I hadn't, hadn't actually seen it, but it was the Big Day In in 2003. That's the opposite of Big Day Out? Was it just guess, indoors? Yeah. So it says, the the title card on the video says Big Day In 03, but you go down to the, the notes for that video description, and it says Jimmy Eat World playing the Big Day Out, Australia Day 26, January 03. Huh. Yeah. But you listen, it starts out, it, it's kind of loud, but it's at 27 minutes, and I think there are four, one, two, three, seven, seven tracks. It starts with praise chorus, a praise chorus, but you can just hear the intensity of the crowd in this, screaming for them. Whoa. Which... You know, I, I it was different when we were at the uh, at the Greek because we were I was up yeah. a little bit further, but you know, it's just one of those things that sound that the shrieking of these young girls and, and sure prepubescent boys, but the uh, <laughs> that that just that Jimmy Eat World has come out and and they just suck it in, man. They that's, they're having such awesome. a good time on stage. Yeah, I did confirm they have never played according to Setless FM Reason Three Forty Six live, but as of recording. Guess what song they have played 346 times? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not, I guess is, the song is, is has nothing to do with the number. Yeah, is no, it sweetness? They played sweetness uh, almost more than twice that oh. number. Oh, boy. Uh, they played My Best Theory 346 times. Which one? My Best Theory. Oh, wow. Which but, album yeah, was that on? Uh, My Best Theory is, I want to say, on. Um, Ah, uh, yes, Invented. Inven- not Invented. Is it all Invented? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, so that was 2010. Gosh, almost almost a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look at that. I pulled that out of my butt. Here we go. Um. So, yeah, they've played that 346 times, but they have not played Reason 346, at least since people have been counting their shows. Right. Uh, on... Uh, on what's it called and can you search can you can you search setlist fm like a database it's pretty good but like like i said like i can search all the times they played in the united states but i can't search by venue yeah so i'm i'm trying to find the all the times they've played the forum and i'm just not coming up with it 
it'd be nice if they had some kind of API where you could just go into the back end and you didn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be all pretty, but you can just run quick queries Dude, on Dude, they might, that but that would be sick. Yeah. Should, we should look into that. There we go. The Patreon can pay for the access for a week and yeah. we'll just get all of our numbers down. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, the song structure, what would you consider that last part? So again, here I have verse one chorus, verse two chorus, bridge, and then I have verse three. But what would you consider that last Let the part where Jim, Jim comes the end in? Of this real quick. Let's, oh, because um, they don't yeah. have any. They don't have any lyrics after that. So it's just, it's just that uh, dreams in my the, full circle. K. That's, right. That's where your mom can find you now. You know, totally then teens it, hanging out. Yeah, and then and then it blows up after yeah, that, and it's just exactly instrumental after that. Yeah. So I have it down as like a verse three, but. You know, I, there's no structure then. Again, the, there's no reasoning yeah. behind the Which is title. cool, because I feel like when I sit down and write a song, I'm like, okay, uh, I'll go into the chorus here, and then I guess I'll do like a little ditty into the next verse, and then I'll go into the chorus again, and then might as well go to the bridge so it's different, and then like almost all of my song is, ver- all, any song <laughs> I write is usually verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, yeah. maybe the chorus, rarely a third verse. They're, they're, uh, they're really breaking the mold here. Yeah, because I know Weezer has, they, they're pretty formulatic, or formulaic, with yeah. their song structure. So I wanted to know so far the last 3 that we've done they've they've all they've completely different. So but then again they were also within like 10 years of each other almost. Sure, yeah. Right? So there's a lot a lot of time in there. Yes. So uh was there anything else you wanted to mention about this this uh this gem? Uh let's take a look here. I have a few more tabs open. So uh oh, Reason 346 appeared on another comp in addition to their singles compilation, it was called the first crush comp. And it looks like there were three pressings of it. According to discogs, um, it came out in 97. Um, is there anybody else on this that we've heard of mineral is on this, uh, on the this first crush comp. So this is the thickest thieves label 97. Yeah. Okay. Let's take uh, a look at the drive-ins uh, on this comp. Yep. And Jimmy Eat World with Reason 346. I'm not familiar with any of these other names. Oh, One Car Pileup sounds familiar, but I probably not. That's probably because of Blank-182, right? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> they have a dash. Yeah, the whole thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. At the Drive-In and Jimmy Eat World. Those are the only two that look familiar to me. Yeah, and I'm sort of going through the three pressings that they did of this. And uh, it looks like there was a repress of it. It also says 97, so I can't really tell. Um, and no one is saying anything in the comments or reviews about Jimmy World being on it. Um, but yeah, that's... I And it would be interesting to get this album to see if it's a different recording of it because it's three years later. Right. Did they, rec- did they re-record this ever? It's only four bucks. On Discord. Oh no, I found one that's two twenty one. The reissue is even less. And it was last sold in May. Wow. It would be interesting. I wonder if I can figure out who bought it and just say, "Hey, can you send me the reason three forty six? I don't think uh, they'd have that information on there. Discord. <laughs> uh, Logging in to see if. Well, you know what? Me. It's it's worth a question. Maybe if we can go into the this is first crush compilation emo. I wonder if you could go into the emo subreddit and post a question saying, "Does anyone have the first crush compilation in any form? If even if it's uh, yeah, uh, that's you a know, good like, idea. Like ripped yeah. MP3 from yeah. Or, or if any of our listeners, if you have this first <laughs> this thickest yeah. first crush compilation from 1997, 
I'd uh, love to hear this version of th Reason 346 and see if it's the same recording that was on their original release. So it's interesting. They re-released this in 97, and then they put it on the Japanese single. So they they had something they liked about this song. Right. Yeah. Um, huh. And if you look at the Discog stats for Reason 346, uh, there's twice as many people who want it that uh, then have it. So it's, it's still got some interest. Yeah. It last sold... In July of last year, uh, and the lowest price is four bucks for this Japanese version of the. Because now I'm now I want to know is the Japanese singles comp version, which was released in August of 2000, six years right, after six the years original, later. Uh, is this the same version from the original? All right, we got to reach out to the community and, and uh, yeah, and see if anyone we need has the, it. We need these other two versions. Um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. There's also a bunch of stuff, other comps. One is a Paul Stanley-like thing that came up, but I think the Paul Stanley thing just came up because the number 346 was in the Discogs ID for it. Oh, oh, Yeah, okay. it's uh, Way of Wizards is the label, and so this is the printing on this Paul Stanley, he lives to win and loving it record is <laughs> WOW 346. Um this was released in 2007, and Paul Stanley's photo looks like it's from 1982. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it so could there's be. a broken link there. Yeah, it could be. But um, And then there's all these other things that just came up because of the number 346, but do not have the song Reason 346 on it. Um, anything else that I'm finding of interest here? No, uh, but in the notes, I'm definitely going to put on uh, reaching out for information on those sure, other yeah. two tracks. And then, interesting, I wonder why the Japanese track listing is different. It's why just, is it placed differently? Well, doesn't it have more tracks? It does have more tracks, but there's like songs that just are straight up either in a completely new order or like like not even there. Right. I never knew that Spangle was a cover. I got to put that in our notes. Right. By the wedding present. I'm not familiar with them. Yeah, so I think they're still playing. But there's only one, I want to say there's only, I looked at them briefly, there's only one original member left. Oh. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, throughout their career, they've been led by vocalist and guitarist David Gedge, the band's only constant member. If you look at the past members, there's like 20 people who have been in and out of that band. So Wow. Yeah. Spangle, that's an interesting cut. Yeah, I'm going to add to the notes here that it's a cover, because I did not realize. Yeah, you're right. It is completely out. Like, H model is... Track three on, on the Japanese, and then six on the American one. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, okay, so what was track seven? Oh, it was Romina, so they must have pulled Romina. No, Romina's track 14 on the Japanese import version, so who knows, man? That's crazy. Uh, I'm closing tabs as we go, and I'm not seeing anything of note. I think that covers it for reason 346. All right. Um, and we don't have an interview on this episode, I don't think, do we? Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, we, we do. Chris Malloy. We got Lightning yeah. Malloy on this one. Yeah. So that's all. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll plug that in. And that's a great conversation I had with him about his uh his YouTube channel, his his Twitch feed. Uh, do you guys cover how we found him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mentioned that, and and just it's a great story. How we? <laughs> uh, yeah, how we were both just sort of taken aback by his. I don't know his genuine um his level of comedy and understanding yeah. of yeah just just what's <laughs> funny and and i don't know he's a good he's a good guy so yeah we had a good conversation awesome well uh, i guess until next time i'm david 
Yeah, and I'm Justin. And party on, dudes. Oh, wait, what do I say? I say the wrong thing. We got to get this fucking thing down. We, it was so seamless the first time we did it. All well, right. Yeah, we were also riffing for like 45 <laughs> seconds before we even had it down. Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, 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 um, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. All right, Chris. Hey, okay. So we haven't met yet, but my name is my name's Justin, uh, and the other guy that we usually take turns interviewing people, but uh, his name's Dave. And this whole thing was his idea to start this. Uh, we basically just to give you an overview. We we discuss every Jimmy Eat World song. We do one song a week, and he and I will analyze it and talk about it. And we have a guest on. And uh, today, uh, you know what, Chris, you're our guest today. So um, I would like to introduce everyone, all of our listeners, uh, to. I is it okay if I just refer to you as Chris Lightning Malloy? Yeah. Okay, great. So go ahead. I mean, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, you can explain who you are. I didn't. I didn't want to take your thunder on. Uh, you know, giving us the the lightning experience. So go ahead. I mean, I'm Lightning Malloy. I've been making YouTube videos since about 2012, and then we been doing Twitch streams and then reviewing stuff. I don't know. Every college dropout dream, reviewing crap. <laughs> well, I graduated, so can't say dropout, hey, but that yeah, that's great. And you know what? Some people you you can say that you've done college. You tried it out, right? No, I graduated with honors. Two years. Fantastic. And, yeah. Did you really? That's awesome. What did you end up studying? Uh I combined a lot of stuff, broadcasting, photography, business. Uh. And now we're so, so that means you're 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 sort of a renaissance man, kind of like me. So you, I ended up studying multimedia because I couldn't decide on anything, and that was web design, uh, multimedia production with video and stuff, and then also uh, kind of like a little bit of acting in front of the camera. Yeah, I, I want to do jack of all trades. I want to be like everything. <laughs> I want to be the one man band. Dude, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. So um, one of the one of the first questions we ask our, our guests is, how did we come to meet each other? And this is actually our first time you and I conversing. Uh, but I do want to tell you a little, take a minute to tell you a story about how I came across uh, uh, Chris Malloy. And so a couple of weeks ago, we had a few weeks ago, we had started this podcast and I'm out here in my in my office slash jam room. And I had a really a terrible Internet connection. So I went on Amazon and I started searching around for Wi-Fi extenders. And whose video do I come across but Chris Malloy's? I don't know uh, how it was promoted or what, but it was up top. And most of the time, I'll look for a three or four star review because those are the ones that are pretty honest and they seem sincere and, and they'll give you a good overview. But I could not turn away from the video. I had started playing it and I was expecting this person to be droning on about you know, how the intricacies of the Wi-Fi extender. But what do I see? I see a pink backdrop with a skateboarding robot. And within one minute, I hear you say, uh, mentioning how far the the jam room, your, your studio is from where your house or wherever your source is. And you said, I'm a guy. We don't make measurements. We lie. Hashtag ladies. And at that point, I, I was like, I was hooked. So that's when I sent the video over to Dave. And then we went down the Chris Malloy, the Lightning Malloy rabbit hole. And we went and, and looked at all your videos. 
And there were some that I purposefully didn't look at just because I wanted to ask you those questions. So first thing I wanted to ask you was I went back to your earliest video. Oh, and this goes back to what, what you had just mentioned about college. So you, you had, had put into some college tips. So how did it morph into what you have now? Um, okay. I started the channel after dumping my high school sweetheart because I came home a weekend. And uh, basically, she didn't give a damn. <laughs> And I couldn't Ladies. stop thinking about her. So we go back into broadcasting and I'd be like, let's seriously edit. Cause usually I film, I'm the, I'm the talent. I'm like, no, no, I want to be the guy with the computer that, yeah. And there it goes. I don't know. I was bored. Like, Hey, let's do this. <laughs> so you had, they were pretty well organized. They were very short. They seemed to be between like a minute, a minute and a half. And the one that I watched last night was, I think it was the interview. It was had uh, interview tips. And you kept coming out. So you started with jeans and a shirt, I believe. <laughs> you went all the way and not just like straight to this, but you went all the way to long sleeve stripes with buttons all the way down. You had that so organized. I thought that was a great video that you had. And I was I was just really uh, I, I was drawn in. I watched the whole thing. And, uh, you know, at that point, I don't know how many subscribers you had, but but you have you've amassed about what is it? Almost 3000 now? Almost 3000. Yes. That's amazing. So that's the next milestone, huh? Yeah, we're about 80, 90 away. Well, Dave and I were we, we made that too closer and we're sharing it with people that we know and having you on this. You know, I'm sure, you know, it's you studied business. Exposure is really good. Yeah. So having. Having this out there, I'm sure is gonna is gonna help. People are gonna go over and see um, this awesome Lightning Malloy channel. Who did your artwork? I had people, different people. The newest logo, I found people on Fiverr because I asked around my area, be like, "Oh, I, I want a hundred. I make next to nothing. A hundred's a lot of money. When <laughs> yeah. I get paid by YouTube, I have to generate a hundred dollars. That's like five to six months of work. <laughs> yeah, that adds up, man. So like. People on Fiber, really? The guy that drew my sub icons for Twitch, he drew them by hand. Now let me look at your that one. I don't uh, it see would, that one. It would be the Twitch pan. It would be on Twitch. Okay, let me look at that one. It goes so to let's see. Twitch.tv slash lightning malloy. That's easier. There you go. Cause I looked at the one that's on your YouTube. Yeah. And that one is pretty sweet. It looks like a like a Norse god or something. I had King Bobbers and people like, you're stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, I see this one. So he took a picture. You sent him a picture and, yeah. and then he just basically, he took his, his, his art program, probably illustrator and then penned over everything. Yeah. I, I tried that. Oh, that sucks, man, man. I can do a lot of things, but me with a pencil <laughs> is like Bon Jovi trying to cure cancer. <laughs> going to work. You, know, you never know, man. That guy has a silky voice. You never know what he can cure. I mean, if happiness cures cancer, then maybe he's on the right track. I don't know. <laughs> so you actually made a good point there. Or you brought up something really important. So I purposefully did not watch the video on the story behind the crown and bobbers. So could you give us an overview or a backstory on what the whole crown and bobbers thing is? Okay. In the YouTube channel, there are like light bulb moments where like you run with it. I played Rocket League and people liked Rocket League. So I kept like, so like I try to keep it family channel. So I try not to cuss. Although here lately working at McDonald's, that had kind of backfired. <laughs> but like instead of like saying like, like cuss words, we said Bobbers. I must oh, have said great. that a half a dozen times. You're like, well, King Bobbers. 
So we, we man, we had a bobber necklace, which is fishing bobbers, not red and white. We did yellow and orange. Mm-hmm. And I actually wore that in public. I went to GameStop and buy my uh, uh, PS4 that my fans gave me. I had the dirtiest looks ever. Like, wh- <laughs> what? For wearing dro- bobbers? A necklace. I had like 12 necklaces. Oh, 12, yeah, 12 bobbers on one necklace. And the girl uh, from college gave me a, she's from Idaho, sent me a SpongeBob bobber. So that's the crayon jewel, SpongeBob. Oh, yeah. So you were like Mr. T of the fishing world. Kind basically. of. I mean, yeah. I mean, not like, yeah. Just a ma- yeah, but like the plastic ones. Oh yeah, yeah. That's okay. You know what? We understand we're all on a budget. Poor Mr. T. <laughs> He's still going strong. Oh, he and is. He still loves his mama. No, no, I mean I'm poor Mr. T. <laughs> You're just budget Mr. T, that's all. There's budget and there's crappy fun at Walmart. <laughs> so um so you have so on YouTube. Uh, I, I watched uh, I, another video I watched in its entirety was was the one on Crazy Eddie. Yeah. So I understand that your explanation of that, there's a little bit of a, a heaviness. And I didn't want to go too much into that because I think that was one of your that was a very honest and funny video. But is Crazy Eddie, is that one of your personas? Yeah, I have disabilities. So like I picture Crazy Eddie being like 12, 14 me that hasn't really matured yet. I used to do like hour live streams. Nobody shows up. So you just like. You work on voices. And, uh, You've got all that time. Yeah, and uh, uh, Boogie. I don't know if you know Boogie. Francis. Yeah, yeah. He inspired that one. Cl- you know, cleaner family Eddie. Ah, right. Hey, guys. I'm crazy Eddie. Ah, <laughs> I was in speech class till uh, freshman year. Uh, sorry, South so I my seats. Ah! So you would do that for an entire hour? Yeah, I got so good. I can switch that and then... Uh, Call him Mr. King Swizzle Six. Do you know the way to the barbers? I don't know the way to nothing. Eddie, I'm not talking to you. So, so you have two. You have Crazy Eddie and King Bobber or Swizzle Sticks. King Swizzle Sticks. Yeah. Oh man, that's cool. Okay, and it just those kind of came up off the top of your head as uh, as sort of uh, an exercise in just not really growing up and and being being probably who you were when you were twelve, right? Yeah, or fourteen or sixteen. Okay. Um, and was there any, any specific background behind the name Eddie or are you just like crazy Eddie? No, I just like Eddie. I can spell Eddie. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> That's a huge plus. <laughs> I can That's spell Eddie. That's a huge plus, Chris. Yeah. You know what? It's got with four, four of the letters are, the, are two the same, right? So you just got one I in there and you've got the name spelled. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, one of the parallels that really drew me in when I was watching that video was, there, I could tell that you are, you're into entertainment, you're into providing people entertaining videos, content, and all that stuff, and it was really well thought out, but uh, so you said that was for a studio, now you go in the studio, and I know you were in there to do all that testing, because you had done some extensive testing, and I'm talking like, you went behind certain objects, yeah. and you you gave a reading of how what, what the strength was of the Wi-Fi extender at that exact point. Do you do... What do you do in the studio? Do you game in there or do you actually play music in there? Oh, that's my dad's studio. He teaches guitar. Oh, wow. And have you taken lessons from him at all? I tried during like the rock band phase, but I don't know. I, I do want to learn guitar, but I don't think I can learn by him with him being my dad. Yeah, that's tough. It's tough. You got to have somebody, um, someone that's impartial and hasn't been around you for your entire life. <laughs> 
because uh, you know uh, Dave and I we both have have kids and and we have videos of us uh, teaching our kids that basically we we're giving them instruments to play we haven't I haven't really taught my kids anything they're a little too young but I have to tell myself I can't force them if they don't take to it or if it's just not a good fit I can't I can't continue with it because it's not fair to them it's not my place to force an instrument on them yeah so what type of um and also in in the video you had mentioned that your father was a musician so now we know that he also uh, teaches but uh, so how did he learn guitar? Did he was he in a band when he was younger? Yeah, I think I want to say he was self-taught. Awesome. I'm not really sure on that. That's and, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are self-taught. And one of the ways that I taught myself was through tablature. And I don't know if that's ever an interest for you, but that's it's if you can if you can count the frets on the fretboard then you it's you have a, a leg up on learning tablature on, on learning how to play you don't have to actually know the notes and then you can start playing by ear you can play something like smoke on the water which i think pretty much every young young person starting out on, on guitar should learn because it's it's just three different chords he played that song in high school smoke <laughs> on the water yes. I don't yeah. know what the girl was thinking, but snow on the sky, fire on the ground. That well, girl. You know what? You can make up your own lyrics. It's this. You just it's kind of like doing happy birthday, but you take out happy birthday and you pop in some other lyrics or something just yeah. to make it a little bit more fun. Yeah. Uh. OK, so when I had originally emailed you, you got back to us in like five minutes and we were both excited because we both shared the email account and we saw that Lightning Malloy got back to us and, and you just said, I'm in. Yeah, dude, that was so we were very happy and, and we did. We were trying to I know we're very early in this in producing these things, but we you had mentioned that you're familiar with Jimmy Eat World and the middle. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is not the middle episode. Um, it's it's actually the third episode. And the song that we we're doing is Reason 346. But did you ever have a chance to give that song a listen? I did. Two and what were, your, what were your initial thoughts of that song? I like the music. I think the vocals should be louder because i feel like uh-huh. the music drums it out and they're okay. not and they're not bad singers they're not yeah so these these early records is when tom does most of the vocals and tom is is the guitarist and uh the main singer now is jim of jimmy Eat world so you can hear him in the background he sings some of the uh, and I, I think that's what you meant by when you hear the singers you can hear him doing um, the circle K bit toward the end when he says dreams and my full circle K. Uh, but it's mostly Tom and he does have a deeper voice than Jim. So it's a little bit different. I prefer Jim now. And that's probably what you you were drawn to when you heard the middle is it's that poppy. He's louder. His his voice is a little bit higher than Tom's. It was on, that would you. Uh, I heard the middle on rock band, too, I think. And how I got to ask you. So what. So you played the middle on Rock Band 2. What level did you play at? I mean, I think early on, probably like e- maybe medium. Okay, okay. And you, and you, you, middle sounds pretty easy. So you weren't able to pass that song, right? Yeah. That's cake. That's like playing, uh, I think, uh, Say It Ain't So is one of the first songs you can play on Rock Band 1. And Weezer's, Weezer is my favorite band. So um, I always, even though that song was cake, I always loved playing it when I'd start playing through um, a session on Rock Band. Yeah. Um, Okay, so speaking of music then, what music do you like listening to? I mean, like, see, my dad's like 50, so like the older stuff. I like the older, like, classic rock. I'm not really good with the new stuff. I do like country music. Okay, so you like Tom Petty, Deep Purple, yeah, bands like that? 
uh, Boston. Awesome. Yeah, that first album of theirs is amazing. That's one of those that I actually I do um, when I'll jog just because that first Boston album is so intense. Yeah. What's your top track off of that album? Is that the one that has see Boston, man, every hit, every song they had was a hit. Yep. Yeah. So um, the first record had uh, smoking on it. It had more than a feeling that one more than the feeling. Yeah, and that was on Rock Band too. That one had uh, that was that really sweet acoustic intro. Yeah. Now I gotta know this. Do you sing along to Boston? Do you do the Brad Delp vocals all the way up top? Oh, I can't sing. Well, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't sound good that high. Does it have to though? No. I don't think anyone no. cares. Once someone's singing, they just look in awe and they say, "Oh, dude, Lightning Malloy is belting out some Brad Delp over there." <laughs> Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about having fun, right? And yeah. So I watched another video of you doing uh, earbuds. So did you end up keeping those those Bluetooth earbuds? Do you use those? See, I review a lot of the earbuds. Yeah. So do you have them? You just sitting around in a drawer somewhere? Uh, was they the newest ones? Well, I don't remember which Bluetooth one. You were outside and you were running around in front of the house. I imagine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I ha- I still have them. I got new ones where like I can yell like next song. Them things are amazing. <laughs> so I wonder if people get a little freaked out when you're walking down the street and you just yell, next song. Well, you can't do Like, I, I made the joke. I was going to visit a girl. Like, don't be the idiot on the bus. Next song, next song, next song. <laughs> don't be that guy, man. It has buttons, too. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I tried, I tried some. I should have looked at your reviews. My problems with those was because they're wireless and they have a power source inside them, they can't power the base part of it just because that sucks so much juice. So whenever I bought YouTube or Bluetooth uh, headphones, they were so flat and tinny sounding. See, the, the new ones I got are like, they're pretty bassy. Yeah, maybe they've, they've and that was a year ago. Maybe they've come up since then. Or you, you spent a pretty penny. I don't know what you're spending on your, your Bluetooth. Headphones. No, I think these are like 80. They, yeah, they, they let me review some nice stuff sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like last <laughs> night. I go to like uh, I go to headphones to like a uh, eight dollar can opener. <laughs> what? So wait, who's allowing you to do this? Company just hit me up and they just like, hey, review this, okay? And normally I don't turn it down unless it's like bad. If it's not good, I don't post the YouTube video like I did it before. Like, wait, so you did a can opener? Yeah, uh, I don't. I didn't review it on vi- video, but yes, I did review it. So did you, and how was it as far as, uh, so this, this is an internal, this is an underground little review here. So Chris, how was, how was the can opener? It was nice as soon as I got it to like, it was manual one. So like, I don't know how to use them. So like, I'm trying to like, my mom and sister just looks at me like, okay, how do you put it on? So there's like two blades. So like you just smack it on and they just turn it and like, yeah, it's pretty good. To- and okay, so you just you just get it right on the top. You don't have to clamp it shut or anything like that. No, like it it got big handles. They they av- okay. they advertise, which I think is mean. Like, oh, this is for old people with arthritis. Well, if you got arthritis, <laughs> why are you even grabbing this? Unless you're like the guy. I I went to D Day. I need to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's like counteracts itself. Like, don't sell a can opener to old people if it says arthritis. Get the manual yeah. one. Well, I do remember, I think it was 15, 20 years ago, they had on TV on it when infomercials were still, well, maybe it's because I was watching it during the middle of the day. They had one that looked like, kind of like a shark, but you set it on top and hit a button and it would go around on its own. Oh, yeah. I think I remember that one. That one makes sense for someone with arthritis. Yeah, but that's almost man. Yeah. 
That's almost Yeah, and then they've also got a, I remember the batteries. So if you didn't have arthritis, you're trying to get that battery compartment open and get the double A's out. I'm sure that's got to be testing on yourself. Yeah. So what, what, what is the, what do you see in the future for Lightning Malloy? I kind of all, I'm like, I'm a tech guy more with computers now. I, I, I let, I do less gaming and like more like tech stuff, like computer stuff, like. I'm getting sick at working at McDonald's, so I might go back to college, get a certificate, and be like the tech guy, computer okay. repair guy. Yeah, everyone needs a tech guy, and they they say uh, they just you can call yourself IT, so information technology, and then you can be uh, everyone's go to when they have a computer. Problem. I can be the it guy, the it guy, capital it. Put it on your. Do you drive? Do you drive a car? You can always get that. I, uh, I don't drive yet. Okay, well, you can have if you have a bike, you can get one of those little mini license plates that says IT guy instead of the it guy. And you could be riding around on your bike yelling, next song. <laughs> yeah, I'll be riding around with a computer, one hand <laughs> on the computer and steering, next song. See, that's that's the, that's the next uh, the image that I want to see on your channel is someone ride, is Lightning Malloy riding out on a bike, one hand on the handlebar, one hand on a, on a laptop computer yelling out, next song, man. That would be money. I ride my bicycle. <laughs> now, so you have you have Crazy Eddie, yeah, and you have what it Lightning um, Swizzle Sticks, yeah. Those those are voices that you've created. Yeah. I gotta ask because I love impressions. Do you do any impressions? Man, I see. I start starting out. Crazy Eddie used to be my Forrest Gump impression, but people said it sucked. <laughs> I thought it sounded pretty good. Haters, man, they're haters. That's you're probably too good. I love you, Jenny. My name, man, it's been so long. I don't know. If, if I saw you on a bench with a box of chocolates, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference, man. Bomber used to always say, life's like a box of chocolates. Never know what you get. I had a best friend named Jenny, but she got around. Me and Sergeant Dan's on this boat thing. When he gets me mad, I just kick him off and be like, Baba Gum Shrimp Empire don't need you anymore, Sergeant Dan. Wait, you would have kicked him off in his wheelchair? <laughs> no, that's a joke. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it depends on what portion of the movie he's in, but okay. Well, yeah, I, I didn't think I didn't see, take you for someone who's gonna push someone in the you water. You see him on the boat with the wheelchair. I'm like, how come he never falls off? I know, just right? like or anchor him to the boat. Around. That's a little bit hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, man. Um, so you've already kind of said, but go ahead and let our listeners know where they can find Lightning Malloy. Uh we got YouTube, Lightning Malloy. We have Twitch. I'm not really a big social media guy. I do have the Twitter, which I post there. The Instagram's pretty much dead. Um, yeah. Okay, well, look, you got to follow us on. So if you look for Jimmy Eat Pod on Twitter, you got to follow us. Okay. Because the, the whole idea we're doing is we have all these songs, and uh, Dave and I are still accumulating uh, songs. So when we do release, we're going to try and time it to where when Jimmy Eat World uh, comes out with their next single. We're gonna release. We're gonna start releasing our episodes, and uh, so it's coming soon. They're they're starting their tour this Friday out here uh, in L.A. Um, our both Dave and I and our families were except for the kids. We're gonna go see them there, oh, that's and cool. uh, we got some nice sweet Jimmy Pod shirts that um, with some glitter iron on uh, decals that we're gonna be wearing there. Um, if you need a shirt company, Redbubble. I had bubble, huh? I had two yeah the first one's Minch Mer Minch Mer Minch Mer no Mitch whatever 
Mitch Mergens, mini Mitch Mergens. I don't like them. Redbubble, they do pretty good, and you get them about a week. Okay, that's not bad, and it's pretty affordable. Yeah, and they have stickers. <laughs> do they give it to you for free when you order a shirt? No. Well, okay, you get their sticker for free, yeah. You get the one that says Redbubble. I got me that says King Bob is Bob me in the Bobber sticker, and I got one that says <laughs> King Bobber's on my iPad. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so this is so this YouTube and Twitch that's your that's your bread and butter, right? So that's that's where you're getting your income from, and no and M- McDonald's making Big okay. Macs. Oh boy, <laughs> is that? Do you have any secret items that that you can divulge that you make there? Uh, I mean, basically on the sandwich we can make like whatever we want within like reason with like condiments. Okay. So like, I make a McWhopper. A McWhopper, huh? A McWhopper, yeah. So that does that have a seeded bun on top at all? You use the Big Mac bun, and then you use the quarter patty, like the quarter meat, and then just make it like a Big Mac. Tense term, McWhopper. McWhopper. It's brilliant. And the reason I ask is because um, I, I think this is all West Coast, but are you familiar with In-N-Out? Yeah. Yeah, so they have a very limited menu up front on the on the marquee. But if you know what you want, you can get a grilled cheese, you can get it animal style, uh, and when they used to do is you could use like an X by X. So if I wanted a, a three by three, it's three meat, three cheese. And they used to do it was there was no limit. So you could get it. I ate one time a 10 by 10 um, and the inside of it was so hot just because of that. All the molten cheese and, and meat there. Um, but the problem with it was they agreed that these people getting these huge sandwiches and taking pictures of them. This is when social media was getting big. They looked gross. You know, you've got. <laughs> Basically a burger that's a bigger than the little tray that it comes in. So I think that's what you mean by within reason, right? So it's something that doesn't look like it's going to eat you. Oh, they don't care. They just don't want to waste money. Oh, yeah. I, I, I get that. Okay. Well, um, you know, I could, I could go all day with reasons uh, why I would want to continue this conversation with Lightning Malloy. If we could have the whole episode be Lightning Malloy, we would. But I'm going to stick with reason number 346. And that is that Lightning Malloy is an awesome dude, and I love your content. I've subscribed, and I'm hoping that people that have listened to this, they subscribe too, because you definitely put your heart and soul into these reviews. You are genuinely funny, and uh, you're just an honest creator. And uh, you know, I think I saw someone else mention this, and, and there's probably so many channels like this, but someone had said it's a shame that you don't have more subs. And it is because you you are you are the genuine article, uh, Lightning Malloy. And you know, I didn't really ask you where did where did the word lightning come from? I always like lightning. Okay. All right. Lightning I, I can sweet, I can man. spell it too. That's <laughs> I can spell it. <laughs> Dude, that's even better than Eddie. That's amazing. That's amazing. Lightning. I mean and you know and you know I'm sure uh I have to give it to you because I see so many people spell it L-I-G-H-T-E-N-I-N-G, oh, like I, lightning. I have screwed it up before. I well, have, to, I I have, have dyslexia. You forget the second <laughs> N. Light and then, well, no, ying. Lightning. 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 Well, look, dude, uh, I really appreciate your time today. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say to our listeners bef- before we uh, we sign off? Uh, I I liked reviewing the Jimmy Eats song Reason three hundred forty six. I I'm a guy that like even if the words like it has good lyrics, but like I like singing and I like a melody. Like I like Green Day Simple, but they got some good melodies. Same with like Flame White Tees. 
Yeah, they absolutely do. They know how to write a good song. And this is early stuff for Jimmy Eat World. So they have a different sound. And they were known as the, the, the kings of emo. They're the ones that uh, sort of coined that, that type of music. So that's how they started out. And now if you listen to them, you hear something like The Middle, which is radio pop. It's a different sound now. And they've got... They're better at at writing songs, and I don't want to say better like they were worse before, but better in that it, there's more generally acceptable tunes from Jimmy Eat World now than there were before. But they have this style of like the seventies and eighties, like that's that's why right. I think they are just genuine musicians. They are so good. And are you familiar with Weezer at all? A little bit. I know so they've been they've been around since ninety four, right? They've been chugging along. That's something like uh, I'm older than you know, Weezer. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, well, so am I. Um, but they've been around for, you know, almost like, geez, what is that, 30 years, if the math is, is almost there, almost 30 years. And they've changed sounds a lot. And I, I'm talking a lot. They have some odd albums out there. Can't be worse than uh, the Beatles near the end, man. They're great, well, but jeez. You know, a lot of people, the, the Beatles, it depends on where you came into the Beatles. If you like the really strange, eclectic stuff in the Beatles, that makes sense to like them then. But I can totally see how people, and it's the same situation with Weezer, they are diehard original Weezer fans. And they listen to that first or second album, and, and they have hung clung on to that record, and they want that for the rest. And it's not fun. I, I'm sure you can imagine you've morphed your YouTube channel from, from college oh. tips into... Now you're doing reviews and Twitch. Yeah, like it used to be we did no gameplay. Then it was we only did gameplay. Now it's like <laughs> I'm getting sick of gameplay. <laughs> and you move on. That's perfectly fine. You don't have to chug all that content out forever. I just imagine if you were to change change streams, uh, you know, every week it would get that would get a little bit like you couldn't concentrate. But you're definitely you're in a mode for several. I mean, several dozen videos you're doing stuff. Um, on one subject, if it's um, if it's Rocket League, and then you move on to, um, a- I don't know if you play Apex Legends or I, something. I, what I have switched over the Battle Royale. Yeah. I'm getting sick of that. I, I get why it's <laughs> popular, but it's like, it reminds me of these zombies games. Like, every once in a while, you have like a four-year period, and it's like, give me the next thing. <laughs> well, that's what we're looking forward to with Lightning Malloy is is keeping keeping us on our toes with your content, man. I I, uh, I got a bit with a weather guy coming up, I think. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, we I I love your content and I'm really hoping that you get a surge of of new followers and and uh people that enjoy your your stuff because you make some really good stuff, Chris. And uh, I want hey, look, I want on behalf of Dave, I want to thank you for your time today. And, uh, and and may your content forever be plentiful, and uh, may you forever know how to spell the word Eddie and lightning. Yeah, we we got GoPro too. <laughs> Do you really? Yep. That uh uh the filming the toothpaste bubble was filmed on the GoPro. I mounted that to the screen. I I have to say I watched that entire thing. There are <laughs> there was one point where I thought, why am I watching this for so long? But you know what? After you, you've invested yourself in for like 35, 40 seconds, I thought, let's just get, let's just stomach this and go through to the end. Well, I, I have a bubble video. Noob the Toilet had like 35 views, so I'm trying to get like another one. I'm, okay. Know. 
Well, that was a good start. I don't know if it, you should have something that maybe that that was a long time for us to look at you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make toothpaste spit. Yeah, it's almost like you go so in, it's like, screw it. It's like some of these albums, they probably know, oh, it sucks, but well, like, you have to finish it up. Yep, you did, man. You owned it. You you kept through that. And speaking of album covers, that might end up being in 10, 15 years, someone comes across that video and then they pay somebody on, maybe it's called tenor at that time because, you know, uh, inflation. They pay someone to do a digital drawing of you and put it on their album cover and you're just sitting there idling, you know, sitting at your computer doing IT work and you see, oh my gosh, my face is on some album art. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows, man? <laughs> yeah, it could happen. Yeah, but you owned it. You owned that video. So look, I hope, I hope, uh, more people, not just our, our listeners, but more people come check you out because you're, you are the genuine article. And uh, again, I want to thank you for your time, Chris, man. And we will, I'll be talking with you soon, okay? All right. You have a nice okay. day. Okay. Right, you too, Chris.